Wayne Nelson back with you on Talk to the Experts. My guest today is Sherry McMillan of McMillan Estate Planning. The McMillan team will be in Calgary on Thursday, February 20th at 6.30 p.m. and in Edmonton on Tuesday, February 25th at 6.30 p.m. to talk with you about estate or life planning. To register, contact McMillan Estate Planning at 403-266-6464 during weekday office hours. Or you can register online for the seminars at macmillanestate.com. There's a wealth of information there, and you can also learn about the great work the McMillan team does on behalf of its clients. Sherry, before the break, I promised that we were going to talk about some of the misconceptions about estate planning. So uh, there's quite a few. Let's start with we've talked about the will as being an estate plan when it's not. What are some of the other ones? Well, another prominent one that I experience frequently in my office, Wayne, is that people try and mitigate the workload in their estate by adding their children to their asset base. So, for example, they'll say, well, I've added my child to my primary home, land title, or I've added them to all my banking accounts and investment accounts. Sure. That would seem to make sense, though, wouldn't it? Because it would ease that, uh, it it would make the probate, uh, probate process a lot easier. Well, you would think so in first instance, but what has happened over time in Canada is we actually only have two forms of law when it comes to how you can transfer your estate to your loved ones. So the first one is you can legally use a will. And the second one is you can use a trust. So there's only two choices. This third choice that we're basically ingeniously coming up in our own right actually isn't a legal form of wealth transfer according to the courts. And so if there's ever a challenge in your estate, we have a big problem because we don't know if it should have fallen under the will proceeds or if it should have fallen under a trust. Now, with no trust in play, it's going to default to the will process. And that can be challenged in court. That's right. And then in addition, if you haven't written a will because you thought you've attended to it by just adding everybody to your estate, we don't know what your plan was. And so what the court has done historically is revert all of those assets back to that person's estate and say that they're in what's called intestate, meaning they've died without a will and direction. And so this is the worst of all because not only do you not have a will, you don't have a trust, and now you don't even have an estate plan and you're in the court systems and at the mercy of the court's distribution system. And so what we're suggesting to families today is that is not a good plan for many reasons. First of all, for that reason alone, is that there is no definition of your estate, but there's more prominent issues at hand as well. First of all, if your children are added to your asset base, then the risks of your children come back to you. So let's say your children experience a divorce. Well, that's part of their estate now, not just yours. So is it subject to splitting it in a divorce? That's a problem if you're relying on sure. it in your, divo- in your own retirement. What if your child happened to die before you? We have a real disaster because that share of the estate may go through their will and move out to their beneficiaries. And again, your retirement's in jeopardy. The other issue is what if your child is sued in a lawsuit? They own part of this estate by you adding them to that title. And so that's a huge issue, obviously. And that puts at risk your assets because they are part of that asset base. Exactly, Wayne. And then the last one that I see frequently is when you add a child to your primary home, 
you can lose the tax benefit of your primary home growing tax-free. Because in Canada, we're only allowed one primary home each. So if your child already owns a primary home and then you add them to your land title, well, they're not entitled to two. And so now part of your property isn't growing tax-free anymore. And so it becomes, you can see how complicated and complex it is to try and outwit um, the probate situation. And alternatively, the solution is we just use a trust to solve it. So it's a much safer way to make sure there will be no challenge in your estate, that we don't have any risks if your children predecease you or end up in a lawsuit. But the most likely risk that we face with our children is that they might go through a divorce. And we certainly don't want to take a portion of our retirement savings to pay out the ex in our family. There's not a person out there who'd want to do that. No. And so this is a much safer approach than just adding people to our asset base, which is unfortunately commonly done because historically 20, 30 years ago, it used to work. Mm-hmm. The lesson to be learned here, Sherry, is leave this work to the professionals. Certainly. So that's a, a big one, Wayne, that we see uh, frequently. The next big myth that I want to share with families is, and this is common, is parents say, well, my children will work it out. Ha. Huh. They won't. And I can tell you that from my own experience. They will not work it out because they're on the same playing field and the same measure of authority as siblings. And one of the other reasons they won't work it out is it's not just your siblings that will have an opinion. It's It's their spouses who have an opinion. And so all of a sudden what you thought your children would work out if they were nuclear as a family unit, they very may well but they're being influenced by their partners. And so I always say to mom and dad, look, you have authority while you're alive. We need to lay out this plan and let your children follow your instruction, not make up the rules as they go. And they'll be respectful because it was your instruction. Yeah, they have to remember who the head of the family is or or, or was. That's right, versus the brother or sister who... Sibling rivalry. ...takes charge. And usually there's disgruntlement, you know, that was the bossy one in the family or that was the difficult one in the family or that one never gets done things in a timely basis. Or how come so-and-so gets that much and I only get this or all kinds of scenarios present themselves. Absolutely. And so, Wayne, I will say um, the myth is that your children will work it out. They will not work it out. They actually open the door to conflict by designing in that way. So alternatively, I won't let my parent group abdicate that responsibility. I say, no, no. We will lay it out for the children and then hold a family meeting and share with the children what we've laid out. If there's any conflict, we want to see where it is while you're alive so you can amend it and change it to be reflective of your desire. How long does that process typically take, Sherry? Is there a a, a minimum time frame from the time that you uh, first have, uh, say, mom and dad come into the office, you sketch out a plan with them by the time you've remedied everything with the kids. Is it a unique situation? It varies upon every family? Well, every family is really unique, and I'm really proud to say, Wayne, we've never built the same estate plan twice. It's impossible because we're dealing with real individuals with real dynamics, and also they have assets in varying places and so forth. So the plan has to be customized to whom they are. Uh, At Macmillan, we're a little different because we don't work like most law firms and accounting firms on an hourly basis. We work on a flat rate based on the scope of work we're going to be doing for that family. 
And so what happens for most of our families is they will take anywhere from, say, three months to six months to outline and design the full plan on that flat rate and make sure we've implemented all their wishes. So we're doing two facets in their planning. We're building out their life plan for the decades ahead, and we're building the legacy plan for the, our loved ones they're going to leave behind. So once we're done the plan and mom and dad have determined how they want to lay things out, then we hold a family meeting to get contribution from the family members. But it's not, uh, basically, it is not a negotiation. I want to be really clear. This is about mom and dad saying, this is the frame on which our estate designed. Is there any questions or concerns? Can you uphold our wishes? And so what happens is if an issue arises, and we've had situations like that, Wayne, where we had one family who uh, felt very sentimental about a car father had rebuilt, and there were two brothers, and so there was this conflict. We could already see it well before mom and dad's passing. And so actually the solution was quite simple. We had father buy another car that was similar and re rebuild that with his son, and so each of them are going to get their own individual car. And now we don't have that conflict in the estate. So it's not that we shared numerics with the children. It wasn't about, you know, this is your parents' net worth. This is about we've created an estate plan. This is how the asset base will be split. This is how we've protected you from your spouses so that your wealth will remain with you and your children. And this is how we've protected mom and dad in case we lose one young and a new spouse comes into this family unit, like you call it, spouse number two. Right. And so, you know, these are real practical things that we have to outline. And once the family understands that everybody is protected, there's a calming effect that happens in every family because usually children are very suspicious of the second spouse because they're very concerned that dad or mom are going to be in jeopardy in retirement because if the relationship doesn't work out, they are going to be in financial jeopardy. But even more, that the wealth the parent group originally created is going to be lost to a non-family member. So, you know, it's the new spouse that takes this estate away from the actual originating family. And so, of course, there's going to be conflict between a child group and a new spouse coming into a family late, late in life. But this can solve it because we've remedied that in advance. And so there's a freedom in that relationship for that person entering the second relationship. We actually tease our clients and call it the Macmillan Dating Service sometimes. Sherry, now you've got me curious about the dating service. I want to hear a bit more, but it's going to have to wait until after the break. Again, the Macmillan team will be in Calgary on Thursday, February 20th at 6.30 p.m. and in Edmonton on Tuesday, February 25th at 6.30 p.m. to talk with you about estate or life planning. To register for either of these very informative seminars, you'll need to contact Macmillan Estate Planning. The number is 403-266-6464 during weekday office hours. Or you can visit their website for more information at macmillanestate.com. Macmillan spelled M-A-C-M-I-L-L-A-N. Sherry Macmillan is my guest today, and we'll be back in a moment on Talk to the Experts.